3: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox
1: Sports Radio. So the time restraints because of the Open, or as I like to call it, the British Open, uh, Tiger Woods helping send the golf media into a tizzy. It was pandemonium in the golf world because Tiger had the lead in the final round of a major for the first time in like 9 years. Tiger Woods, I'm literally 9 years Tiger Woods had a lead in a major. And if you were following along, people were giddy. They were giddy with acceptance. oh my god, Tiger's going to win a major. I get I can't believe it. They were they were emotional. Heartfelt stories flooded out postings on social media. Tiger Woods had started the final round four shots off the lead. He was the sole leader at the turn at the British Open, and then, <coughs> yeah, that's the uh, sound of Tiger. That's right. And uh, the the all the web you read all these uh, websites, you look at all the social media postings, uh, and the one thing missing is that the winner. The winner of the the, uh, the British Open was not Tiger Woods. It was Francesco Molinari. That was the winner. He finished a blemish-free weekend, and he get the uh, he was bogey-free, and he ends up getting the win at the 147th British Open. That's right. I called it the British Open. Screw you, the British Open, the British Open, the British Open. And so the Italian. Gets his first win in a major championship. He ended up at 8-under. So, Francesco Molinari, your winner, Tiger Woods, did not finish in second place. Uh, He finished three shots back in a tie with a gaggle of golfers. It was a bottleneck at the top of the leaderboard at the British Open, but Tiger Woods finished three shots off the pace. All right, so the question is this. Uh, the, the headlines of Tiger Woods' return to golf dominance, which you cannot avoid if you've consumed any kind of sports media. Uh, I, I can only imagine what was being said earlier in the day on Fox Sports Radio when I was off my watch. But uh, all of these stories going around, big, bold, giant headlines about Tiger Woods, golf dominance, he's his, his back. Real or not real? Well, clearly. The, the the obvious answer is the right answer here. These are erroneous reports. These are premature reports. Uh, so they're not real, that Tiger Woods is back. Now, my viewpoint on this, you've got the pretzel, wishful thinking, and the brainless. You've got all of those. You've got all of those things. And we'll begin, uh, as we bind them together, first of all, the fact that Tiger, the, he had the lead in the major. That does not mean he's back. Now, I know that's hard for some to understand, right? This is what we call an overreaction. That's an, a classic overreaction, and I, yet again, I will have to be the the grown-up in the room when it comes to Tiger Woods. Just because Tiger was in position going to the back nine does not mean that he's back. It doesn't. So calm down, right? It was anybody's final round. You can make the, the, the argument about seven or eight different golfers that were in position. In fact, seven different players held the lead at some point during the final round of the British Open, including Roy McElroy and Jordan Spieth, in addition to Tiger Woods. I don't remember seeing the same stories about Roy McElroy's back. He's back, baby. Or Jordan Spieth. This is his tournament. Didn't see that. You know, Media-driven narrative that Tiger Woods – has returned to prominence, and then not so fast, right? Because you, you actually have to win the tournament. Now, the golf snob, and everyone hates the golf snob. The golf snob is one of the most annoying things out there. Occasionally, we get calls from the golf snob. Nobody wants to hear from the golf snob, but the golf snob says, well, he finished in the top 10. What more do you want him to do? You know, that, that guy. Just you want to slap the golf snob is what you would like to do. So Tiger finished tied for sixth. That's the reality. Uh, and as much as you can celebrate the fact that he had the lead, you also have to point out what went wrong, right? And that's the second part of this. The golf media in the United States, I get it. They need Tiger Woods. We have done Maller monologues on this show about other nondescript golfers, And no one wants to hear that. Nobody wants to. I can sit here and do a deep dive on Francesco Molinari. Nobody wants to hear that, right? Or, for that matter, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, any of those guys. They don't move the needle. They do not move the needle. It doesn't happen. And so all these glowing tributes, the fact is that Tiger Woods finished in sixth place. That's where he finished. That's the reality of the situation for Tiger Woods. You have to go page down, page down, page down. All these other golfers there right at the very top. It was all bottlenecked up, and the Italian got the win. Now, the Tiger Woods narrative, right, that he is he's returned to prominence, he's back and all this, this has been alive and well for over 10 years. This is over 10 years here, ever since Tiger last won a major in 2008. And it has always been what? It has been wishful thinking is what it has been, right? That's the reality. He's been stuck on 14 majors there. And even this weekend in, in Scotland and all that, Tiger Woods, he had a chance. That killer instinct, which is why he won all those championships, he was able to to pounce and attack and all that, He it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And for 10 holes – Unfortunately, they, they got to play the 18, but for 10 holes, Tiger Woods had picked up a bunch of birdies, and uh, he had eight pars. I think he was uh, he, he picked off birdies at four and six. He also had eight total pars in the tournament, and then then things went sour. And uh, actually, we have uh, there's golf play by play. Who doesn't like to hear golf play by play? But Tiger Woods, the 11th, this is where it went sideways. Tiger Woods, Tiger. very, very close
0: to the green here, so stay very silent. As he steps into his setup, widens the stance, has one last little look. Look. Putter goes back, ball is on his way. Has it jumped a little bit? And it did. I feel that putt jumped a little bit. Unfortunately, Tiger Woods will make a double bogey on 11, and he'll move back to five under par for the championship.
1: Oh, that's terrible. Wow, that's... uh... People actually listen to that on the radio? They listen to golf play-by-play? Wow. Thanks to our friends at the PGA Tour Radio, which I'm sure will be one of my future employers when I lose this job. I will work at PGA Tour Radio. Here's Tiger. Tiger for par. (laughs) So stupid. So so ridiculous, especially when you consider these play-by-play guys are often, I've I've been to these golf tournaments, they're usually in a production tent somewhere uh, far, far away from where the actual golf is taking place. But you may, it sounds like they're right next to Tiger. Like, God forbid these people, uh, they're going to interfere with Tiger Woods' concentration. And then we, we did see that, though, was it the 18th? When somebody shouted and then Tiger's backswing, and people went nuts on social media. They were going crazy. So Tiger, he doubled the 11th and then also the, the 12th, he got a bogey at 12. And so that was pretty much all she wrote. Uh, here's a Tiger on the Peacock Network here pointing out that uh, there were some errors, some lapses that took place.
0: Well, I made a few mistakes there. I drove in the rough with, you know, two, three irons there at 11 and 12. Uh, the grass grabbed the shaft um, on both of them, and you know I made a couple mistakes. You know, you know on uh, on
1: 11 around the green. I hate when that happens. Don't you hate that happen? You you like when there's when there's no grass. It's smooth. You you hate when the grass. Play that again. This is uh, Tiger Woods with a very interesting. Well, it's, it's hardcore golf. One I want to I don't we don't cover golf very much, but listen to Tiger. Play that again. Can we play? Well, that I
0: again? made a few mistakes there. Yeah. Yeah. I drove in the rough with you know two, three irons there at 11 and 12. Uh, the grass grabbed the shaft um, on both of them. And, you know, I made a couple mistakes, you know, you know on, uh, on 11 around the green.
1: That's uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough way to go for Tiger. Reminds me of when Phil Jackson and uh, Kobe Bryant, when uh, that era, they would all talk about defense. But it wasn't defense. It was hands-on balls. They always kept talking about the Very, very important. All right, uh, final word here on Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is getting closer, right? We keep hearing this, being getting closer to winning. and I say Tiger Woods is closer to winning a senior Open championship than a British Open championship. How about that? Right? How about that? Now, it is the lack of consistency which is what has haunted Tiger Woods, and that continued here. So for all the wonderful stories that are being written and all the heartfelt think pieces about Tiger Woods, this and that, uh, those that are selling the tiger woods is back narrative you got to you got to look at the big picture this is a, a bit of confirmation bias going on right people have the tendency to look for and accept evidence that supports uh, what one wants to believe like the belief that tiger woods is back and they ignore and reject the evidence that points out that that is not the case like there's much more if you look at the large picture here that tiger woods is cooked in that pile, there's a lot more than that Tiger Woods is about to win. And until he actually does win another major championship, then we will continue to mock, we will continue to laugh at the endless stories that are churned out here about Tiger Woods' return to glory. There's a lot of people that are detached from reality. Right? That's, that's what's going on. And a few few people actually read the stories about other golfers, I get it, right? And we pointed out, no-name Italian golfers don't get a lot of clicks, and that hurts business there. Tiger Woods, his backstories are clickbait, and the brainless love them. They can't get enough, right? They eat them up here. And this was Tiger's top finish at a major championship since the 2013 British Open, which, by the way, he finished tied for sixth place In the 2013 British Open Championship. And recall, I do, because I was here in 2013, that people said the same things that they're saying today about Tiger Woods five years ago. That he is back. Tiger's back. Watch out. Watch out now. Tiger's back. Uh, Good luck. And again, I will believe it when that actually results in winning and consistently winning. I uh, don't see that. Here's one more from Tiger Woods here, and he points out how hard. You'll hear the question and the answer. How hard life is apparently for Tiger.
3: How would you describe how difficult it is to hoist the Clara Jug?
0: <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, it's it's not easy. It takes every facet of the game and working, and on top of that, you got to get a, a couple of good brown, bounces. Uh, this links cool. golf is something else. You know, you're going to get some quirky bounces, and you know, hopefully they, they go your way for the week.
1: Well, they went the way of Francesco Molinari. They went the way of that guy, but not for Tiger Woods. All right, say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. He's right over there.
2: Now, I know golfers will tell you that you're not playing technically against another person. You're playing against the course. Yes, But I think it is noteworthy that Francesco Molinari was paired with Tiger Woods on the final day and... So there was that motivation for both players, and Molinari was the one who came out on top. Know, Tiger, on the, Tiger on the final day, I yeah, mean, wow. supposedly. He had the red well, on. He had the red on. The, the, on. the, the uh, old narrative was that, you know, on the final day, if, if you're with Tiger, he will strike fear into you, and you will just melt.
1: Like butter? Yeah. Like popcorn?
2: Not, not, no? not that Tiger move, anymore, move apparently. Popcorn. Just saying. Well, I have a question, I Just ben. did a whole
1: Mallard monologue about that. Yeah, Yes, Koopa Loop is here. Yes, Koopa. Let's say that he does end up winning a major. Yeah. Are you going to say, all right, Tiger's back? Depends on what happens in that major. When it happens, I don't have to worry about that, Coop, because it's not going to happen. I right. I've been consistent I on this. Right? Hope it happens so you I can hope hear it that
0: happens? monologue. Really you want, to I, that monologue. Yes, you want to hear that Malin monologue. Yes, yeah. I'm very curious. Yeah, I feel like I know the answer. No, you will not give him credit and
1: say you that he's know, back. You don't know that. Maybe I will. I when when somebody deserves the proper credit, I will give them credit. I've always been <laughs> that's that not going to happen. That is true. Yeah. So, Coop, you're down. a big
2: Tiger lover. Were you watching the final round of the British Open? Did you get up early. Were you Coop? Uh, into it. <laughs> it was, you change your it schedule. It was too early. It was
0: too early. So no,
2: no, I was wrong. not. No, his love only goes so far. Right. It goes
0: as far as to to check the app when I wake
1: up. Yeah, see who won. That's uh, love. Terry in England says it is the Open. You schmuck! How dare you? No, it's not. It's the British Open. Where you are, it's the Open. Where we are, Terry, it is the British Open. it's always going to be the British Open. I am going to fight that to the end. I thought you were going to open with uh, Tobias Harris not signing an extension with the Clippers. That's a good move by Tobias because he knows being with the Clippers, he's going to be an all-star. I will get to that, Roberto. I know you're keeping tabs. Another Laker fan fascinated with the Clippers. How about that, Roberto, keeping track of that? I'm glad you're keeping track of the Clippers' business, Roberto. That's good for you. I like that. I saw what the Lakers did over the weekend. That's a bold signing there. Michael Beasley, he'll fit right in there in that corner of the locker room with all the dunce caps they passed out to JaVale McGee and uh, Rondo and Lance Stevenson. They got quite the clown show there in Lakerland. That's good. It's LeBron and the clowns. That's, uh, that's coming on there. Are they, they going to, instead of a team bus, are they going to take like one of those clown cars to the arena? Is that what they're going to do? It'd be, it'd be nice. All right. If you would like to be part, we'll open up the phone lines. on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. You can be part of the festivities here. Jay in Philadelphia says, I don't give a flock about Tiger. Move on, (laughs) Maller. Sorry to upset you, Jay, with a Maller monologue about Tiger Woods. But unlike the other Maller monologues, and a lot of our competitors here who lick the toes of Tiger Woods there and massage Tiger, we don't do that here. But you can get that down the radio dial. You can find that kind of commentary down the radio dial.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Oops. It happened again. Now, LeBron James has yet to play a game in a Lakers uniform, and already he has increased the crime rate in Los Angeles. That is LeBron James' contribution to L.A. The crime has gone skyrocketing just on the very notion of LeBron James playing for the Lakers. Over the weekend, another mural, another beautiful piece of art, was defaced by these vile people who are clearly sycophants of the of the Los Angeles Lakers here. It is a an epidemic. It's a pandemic in L.A. Uh, LeBron James, uh, uh, a picture of him and several other prominent Lakers there vandalized over the weekend. Uh, this crime wave just keeps happening over and over again. Will someone please put a stop to this? Maybe LeBron can leave and the crime rate will go down in L.A. So the, the photo, and if you've not seen it, it's hard to miss. I mean, pay attention to this kind of stuff. It was a mural that put LeBron James, this time looking up, looking up at these other uh, you know, washed-up former players of the Lakers of years gone by there. And it was a nice piece of artwork. And so, of course, somebody came over and tossed white paint all over LeBron James' head there, and it dripped down, drip, 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 drip down all over the jersey and the back of LeBron James in this painting. Now that that's one thing, but I, it's what the Lakers' response was, and it happened here on Fox Sports Radio. The La, the acting Lakers owner, wink, wink, uh, Jeannie Bus, she. Uh, was part of a coup to get the team, right? She was uh, part of a coup there, successful coup d'etat to get the, the team from her brother. Well, Jeannie Buss chimed in on LeBron James-inspired crime, which is taking place all over Los Angeles. Uh, she talked about it here on Fox Sports Radio on Sunday. I don't know if you heard this or not, but if you missed it, uh, here is what Jeannie Buss had to say. She said, quote, if they're doing that, talking about the uh, the people vandalizing the uh, the billboards there, uh, she said they're not Laker fans. Well, here here's uh, the the quote here. This is uh, Jeannie Bus on Sunday on Fox Sports Radio.
3: That's not a Laker fan, and that's not what Laker fans stand for. And talk about Kobe's legacy. No one will ever touch Kobe's legacy for what he did with the Lakers. The fact that he stayed with this team for twenty years and won us five championships. It, it, like, it's to even question, you know, Kobe's legacy or what he means to Laker fans, it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a shame. I think the artists that have worked hard, uh, their work deserves uh, attention and, and, you know, deserves to be appreciated. And so, it, it, you know, shame on the people who, who deface that. It's, it's not
1: right. All right, so that was uh, the genie bus. Now, she also, later on, I don't think we heard it in that sound, but she says, I guess I just didn't realize how many people from Boston live in uh, Los Angeles. That was uh, another one of her quotes in that uh, particular interview. Now, a couple of things here. Uh, I-, I would agree that those aren't real Laker fans. I don't think the Lakers have real fans. We pointed this out before. They don't. They have people that are historians that talk about how great they used to be and all that. They're historians. They're Laker historians. Those are the people that follow the team. They romanticize what used to be not the new normal five years in a row of unwatchable, pathetic basketball. Uh, but the the part where Jeannie and I, I don't know if we have that or not, where she you know it was a it was a throwaway line here. I didn't realize how many people from Boston lived in Los Angeles, making it seem like it was the Celtics. Now the question here is this: Now, what do you make of Jeannie Bus in that interview there with a, a seemingly blaming? I know she was. Tongue in cheek a little bit, but she was blaming Celtic fans for the deliberate destruction of the, now multiple LeBron James murals. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here, and uh, I heard the the clip, and I I would say that this is uh, something that does not pass the smell test. This does not pass the smell test at all. Uh, my thoughts are you've got a miscalculation, the shoebox, and fifty percent. And I will attempt to tie all of this together using the skills I learned as a Cub Scout uh, back in the day. Now, number one, the, the Lakers have been such a disgrace, a public disgrace these past couple of years that they were getting desperate. We, we've been through that. We don't need to go back and beat a dead horse here again and all that. It, it wasn't really that the Lakers sold LeBron James on their franchise, that's not what happened here. It was that an aging LeBron James wanted to be close to his main passion in life, Warner Brothers Studios and And so judging by the early response here, and LeBron has yet to play a game with the Lakers, but has had multiple vandalism because of him, uh, you know th- there's a lot of people here that are denying what's going on the The, the Laker organization, led by Jeannie Buss, might I add, led by Genie Bus. Clearly what happened here, there was a miscalculation. And the uh, the house of cards that is LeBron James with the Lakers, an unstable situation, specifically the large group of Kobe Bryant apologists. And that's what this is all about, right? These are some people that can't handle anybody else invading the territory of Kobe Bryant. And so they need their warm blankie and their glass of milk and all that. These people are not managing anxiety very well. And in this weird, it's just this twisted reality, a distorted thinking of the Kobe Bryant supporter. LeBron James is infringing on Kobe Bryant. That's what's going on here. And they're reacting this way with paint. Right? They're reacting this way with paint. They're going to Home Depot. They're going to Lowe's and they're getting gallons of paint and tossing it onto the artwork because this is uh, interfering, I should say, with with the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Now, the second thing, Jeannie Boss, we, we've been through in the past her experience here. She's a very mediocre owner, uh, but very popular with the media, the LA media a big fan of Jeannie Buss. She's very polite. She's very nice. People like her in the media. Uh, but ever since her dad became ill, the Laker once-proud franchise has made one bumbling mistake after another, and she's been involved in a lot of that. And now you've you've signed a 33-year-old LeBron James to a four-year contract, which guarantees, which there's no chance around it, that the Lakers are going to be paying a golden parachute for a declining LeBron James. That is going to happen. Maybe it doesn't happen the first year, and maybe it doesn't happen the second year, but the back two years of that contract, free-falling for LeBron James. And as far as Jeannie Bus and the throwaway line, again, that's a red herring. As far as Jeannie Buss blaming the Celtic fan, which she did at the beginning of that interview, which I guess we didn't have the clip, uh, for the vandalism there of the LeBron James artwork, uh, that is cute. That's nice. Uh, but unless unless she's been living in a shoebox down by the beach, she knows what's really going on here, right? Uh, she's trying to be funny. She's trying to be funny and all that. Uh, but this is the reality. Social media postings. This is my evidence. Social media postings from these bewildered, disturbed, and bummed out Kobe Bryant fans. They are very upset, and they're upset because of LeBron James. Relax. They're Kobe Lemmings. And they're spitting mad here. They're very upset. Now, the smart money says they were the ones, right? They were the ones that became unglued and turned to vigilante justice because that's what Kobe fans do. Vigilante justice. That's how they operate. Now, the last thing here is going to be very interesting to keep an eye on this to see how uh, all this ends up. Uh, We know how it's going to turn out basketball-wise. Lakers aren't going to win. Uh, we know that Golden State's in the same division, so it's it's not going to be sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. And so then it's a question of how bad are the Lakers, right? How how many complications are there to this Laker team, considering that LeBron's going to be 34 years old in December by the time the second half of the NBA season comes around. The roster has one blemish after another. LeBron James, again, up to his old tricks as a GM, went out and added another space cadet over the weekend, Michael Beasley. They got him from Neptune. They brought him down and they've got players from Jupiter and Uranus and all over the place. JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rondo. Wow. I mean, all those guys are in the rotation. McGee, Stevenson, Rondo, and Beasley are in the rotation. That means that 50% or more than 50% of the Laker rotation will be a mix of goobers and goofballs. That is what the Lakers are going to be tossing out there uh, with LeBron James. Uh, good luck on that, but I, I like the fact that the genie's in denial here. What is still wrong with the Clippers? What is going on? And you can play that soundbite all you want, uh, but that doesn't change the reality that uh, these Kobe Bryant sycophants are running around committing vandalism uh, of artwork. And uh, I hope they all get arrested. I think every Kobe Bryant fan should be arrested. We say hello to Edmund, just in case. Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia who's right over there.
2: Thank you, Ben. Always yes. always great to uh, nice. to be with you here it's on the It's a new week. Fabulous here. Ben Maller Fascinating show. week.
1: Here. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing content. NFL training camps this week. Yeah. Oh, Almost boy. everybody by the middle of the week will be in training camp.
2: Yeah, my wife's Exciting. birthday is next weekend and yeah. the Chargers are opening training camp. And what does my wife want for her birthday, Ben? For me to take her to training camp. Oh, that's gonna be big. That'll be big. I'm sure there are a lot of men out there that uh, wish they had a wife that wanted to go to football practice uh, as a birthday not present. Not a game. But, not uh, a game. We talking about practice. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I've been to football practice, and you've been to football practice. Yes, I have. It's really boring. It is. So this is actually a chore for me to have to take her out. It there. It is painful. Oh, it's God. It's terrible. Yeah, it's
1: not. Not a. Um, don't a get great me wrong. Situation.
2: There are worse things that I could yeah, go to. Not many. You know? but it's it's not what you think it is. Really, it's. Uh, you know, watching guys uh, hit a sled and uh, you know, play catch, and
1: yeah, you're not that uh, kind of excitement. Yeah, you know, I hear you. But you'll you'll take your chair and you'll sleep, right? That's well, what I did. Pass, I that you're... did
2: happen once. Yes, I think she she would prefer if I stay awake for this time, but uh, we'll see. It's a comfortable yeah. chair, Ben. Very comfortable chair.
1: Yeah, I understand. I, I understand completely. I got you. Did, did you do anything this weekend? Eddie? Did you go anywhere? Or did you do anything?
2: I I did want to let you know that yeah. this morning I went to Costco. You did when it opened. And,
1: uh, now that's when I go to get gas. I go when it opens. Yeah.
2: I, I, I don't mind going, I I understand it's a weekend and it's going to be, uh, you know, like, uh, people trying to get off a sinking ship or something. It's, it's uh, crazy. (laughs) But, um, you know, I went and uh, we, I hadn't gone in a while and it was, there was a point I I said, I got to get the hell out of here. This is, uh, this is just, it, it was a little bit too much, but, uh, I Weathered well, it. What and,
1: time did you, you didn't you when you went up? When you woke up, you didn't go in an open. If you go in an open, there's no one there. When no, no I,
2: I went about. It opens at ten. I went about eleven o'clock.
1: Oh, well, that's yeah. People, have, yeah, they're doing their shopping around. Yeah, you don't go at that time.
2: I wanted to get it over with no, and no, have no, the rest no, of my no. day. But, uh, yeah,
1: but you work at night? You can go on the. You can go on like a Monday
2: in the middle of the day <laughs> when no one's there. You could do that. I could, but I had nothing going on on Sunday, so. Yeah. Did you have a moment
1: of silence when you realized that? There was no more Berry Sunday or Polish Dog? I did. Yeah. Sucks. It was sad. And I noticed what they did was Costco, they claim they're making things healthy, healthier for you, but they actually raised the price of the new items. So the new items, they, they upped the price uh, point, and so they, they claim, oh, we're, ma- we're making healthier options for our customers when really they're just making more money. That's really what they're doing.
2: And I did notice a couple of guys, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it necessarily, yeah. but there were a couple of guys there that were clearly there just for the samples. They, yeah. they had no no shopping cart. They had no significant well, other with were, them. With two been, guys. Are you
1: sure that they weren't there? There weren't other people that they might have been with no. that were shopping elsewhere? No.
2: I, I went up and down every aisle. I don't go with a list. I don't know if you do that. I don't go with a list. I go down every aisle mm-hmm. and just browse because there's yeah. things you don't think about. That's I don't know. That's well, the way I, 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 in I my, look at it. And Costco, these guys were around every corner waiting yeah. in line
1: together. At the Costco near me, we have we call it, we call it sample out uh, a sample alley, and that's where all the samples are lined up in a row. So a lot of people now. That's not near the entrance. That's on the other side of the store. So you have to walk. Of course. And they want you to get that on the way out because the food's on the other side. But what I do is I circumvent that. And I go through That's the line. Another maller maneuver yeah. right there. So I enter the store and I walk through Sample Alley, guaranteeing at least two trips through Sample <laughs> Alley because I'll have to come back through there to exit the store. Yeah. That's a veteran move. Yeah. So and and then the the good thing it's a blessing and a curse on the weekends when it's really busy. It's a blessing because it's easier to get multiple samples because people are you know, the, the people handing the samples out are overwhelmed. Uh, and that's a blessing, but it's a curse also because you're surrounded by smelly people, and it's disgusting and it's <laughs> horrible. And all I,
2: that. I understand it's yeah. it's it's busy. There's a lot of people in there. You know, they all want to, but you know, it's like being on the freeway. You got to know when to go, and you got to know when to just kind of hang back and let somebody else go. You know, it, it makes it all work right. But you get yeah. these people that drive me crazy. They're in the aisle, uh, and they just stop and they're just sitting there. And it's like, hey, man, move to one side or the other. Don't just sit right in the middle and just stand there while you're looking for whatever you're looking for. Have some, you know, have a plan. Know what you're doing. You've Got to have a plan. God, key to a life is you got to have a plan. Amateurs. Well, I made a trip,
1: Eddie, over the weekend. I was in San Diego. I went down for uh, for a quick visit to San Diego. It's amazing. The city hasn't fallen off with the Chargers left. You'd think that people would be devastated not having the NFL. They seemed fine. They seemed perfectly fine. Well, it's not football it's, season. They seemed great. They were hanging out. I was I was in La Jolla for a little bit. I, I went all over all my old stomping. I drove by the old building I worked in. My first starter in radio, the Mighty Six Ninety, right there, right across from the CHP. It's no longer the Mighty Six Ninety. Yeah, I don't know what, what it is, is it now. now. I some business like i uh, I'm not sure what it is, but it's right across. uh You get off the freeway, the five freeway. I'll tell you where it is, Eddie. Next time you're in San Diego, you get off the 5 freeway at Seaworld Drive, you make a right, then a left on PCH. You'll go by the Highway Patrol station which is on your right, and then on the left is where the old Mighty 690 used to be. That's the old building. That's where Hacksaw worked in, Jim Rome. Although he didn't really work there cuz he did show out of LA even back then, but uh Oh, I didn't know that. The Loose Cannons and stuff. Yeah, they were all there. Well, I guess I guess briefly Rome worked there. But yeah, that's that's the building. Did
2: you uh did you feel emotional as you were uh Not at checking all. It out? Not at all. No.
1: No, I was, was perfectly fine. didn't didn't work there. I've worked there for a couple years, but I didn't have any real connection to the building. I didn't think the building was that good (laughs) anyway. I think it was just a building. Be sure to
3: catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: (laughs) It's Maller.
3: How about that? To the third degree. This is Is when
1: Big Ben gets grilled. And it is another edition of Mallard to the Third Degree. We begin a new week and we say hello to the coop the loop Justin Coop.
0: Ben, John Gruden says that uh, the Khalil Mack contract situation is, quote, the toughest decision that he has to make. Now, rumor is that Mack is looking for record guaranteed money. Do you
1: think he'll get it? Well, I'm going to go no on this. But I mean, not as long, you know, a long-term contract for that kind of money. I don't, I don't see that happening here. I realize that the, uh, the, the, the trend is changing in the NFL. The Giants handed out a bunch of guaranteed money to their first-round pick, Saquon Barkley. But, A, Mark Davis, the owner of the Ritus, he would incite, I would believe, major backlash Among the vast majority of people who work uh, in the NFL, if you start forking over guaranteed money to someone who is a defensive player, NFL owners, uh, not that they would fully revolt, but there would be an upheaval. It goes against the business model of the NFL, and you want to keep the wages down, but you certainly want to keep the guaranteed money down. It's that built-in insurance uh, via liability. And, again, I say that as the Giants just handed over a bunch of guaranteed money to Saquon Barkley. But, B, Khalil Mack, it's a unique situation here in that he is handcuffed to the Raiders. He is under contract, and they could franchise tag him twice, which means outside of some kind of hunger strike, uh, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to be leaving the silver and black attack for several years to come because of the way the salary cap structure is and the uh, the franchise tags in the NFL. So even though it's a concern for the Raiders – it's not a huge concern because Khalil Mack's got at least a couple more years where he's locked in as a Raider. He can't do anything about it. Next. Ben, the
0: Indianapolis Colts GM Chris Ballard said over the weekend that Andrew Luck is going to be ready for training
1: camp. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, let's Will he be ass-
1: ready for actual regular season games? How about that? Uh,
0: let's, let's, yeah. let's assume that it's true, Ben. Yeah, right?
1: Can he hold the Duke? Remember he couldn't hold the
0: Duke? That's, <laughs> that's the football. With that in mind, I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, Who do you have
1: as your favorite for the AFC South? Well, I'm going to eliminate the Colts because they're the Colts, uh, and you can't trust Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans is the team, and I'll tell you why. Number one, Tennessee gives you the most bang for your buck. You're looking for a value play here. Tennessee's the value play. They were a playoff team last year. They can use that combined with Deion Lewis coming over in the Patriots. They've got a new head coach, Mike Vrabel. Uh, They've changed some of the coaching staff there. That can work as a positive. That can work as lighter fluid. It doesn't have to work as a negative. And so the the Titans are pretty solid across the board. They're not spectacular, but they're solid. That's a smart play. But the main reason it's a smart play is if you look around the division, the Texans are the popular pick by popular people, but you cannot go with the Texans because Houston's depending on an injury-prone Deshaun Watson, an injury-prone J.J. Watt, They're depending on those players to stay healthy. I don't believe both of them will stay healthy. Uh, They've gruesome injury histories. Uh, And then you look at Jacksonville. And you say, well, Jacksonville was in the AFC Championship game last year. I don't trust Blake Bortles. I don't. And, yeah, you say, well, they didn't have a good quarterback last year in Blake Bortles. They still got to the NFC Championship game. The defense overachieved. It's going to be a tougher road to hoe for Jacksonville. So the smart choice, which is not the popular choice, if you're looking for a team to win the AFC South, you go with the Tennessee Titans. Go with the Flameheads of Nashville.
0: Next, Ben Matt Carpenter credits his recent home run streak to uh homemade salsa. Yeah.
1: Do you have any homemade
0: dishes that you feel gives you a better show?
1: I do in fact, Coop. I'm really I am willing to reveal right now that I recently, you know, my wife is uh, she's tried to get Couple hobbies, you know, but I don't like watching chick flicks. She doesn't really; she's not into sports that much. So, what we've compromised on is cooking. So, I have become a master chef at the Mallard Mansion. You guys get like Blue Apron or something like that? No, 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 no. I actually from scratch, Koopaloo. There's this thing called the internet. They have these one minute recipes on like Twitter and Facebook and crap like wow. that. And uh, and we have all this stuff in the kitchen. My my wife usually had been using it, but she's been teaching me how to cook. And I have, in the last like couple of weeks, I have made uh, State Fair-style corn dogs from scratch, the mix from scratch. I've made uh, pretzels like Auntie Anne's you'd get at the mall. I have just recently, my newest confection over the weekend, Koopaloop, Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookies from scratch. And I have those in the refrigerator, and I will bring those in only if I pass Mallard to the third degree. If not, you will not be getting the mrs fields rip off cookies that i have you passed this edition There's, of Mallard to the third degree my yeah! 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 Yeah!
3: Woo! fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice.
0: Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds.
3: And if you don't like it, screw you.
1: And away we go. It's the instant advice line. Unscreened radio. The safety net comes off here. You're live on the air when you hear my voice. Who needs our advice this week? Who needs the wisdom, the knowledge of the Maller militia? Now, some say we're disorganized. Some say that we're all confused and chaotic, the Maller Militia. I say no. I say no. We have the kind of life experience, the wisdom. We know common sense, right? The wisdom of the masses of the Maller Militia. Now, who needs our advice? There's several options we could have gone with here. The one I thought would be the most fun is in baseball. A New York Mets pitcher named Noah Syndergaard who is on the Disabled List right now, dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. So what is your advice? This is one thing I know about the Mallard Militia. Chances are many of us have suffered from hand, foot, and mouth disease. What is your advice to Noah Syndergaard on dealing with this injury, which normally affects kids under five years old? Let's go to the phones. You're live on the air when you hear my voice. Line one. Hello, that's you, line one. Your advice to Noah Syndergaard. Ben. Line two, you're on the air. Hello, line you got to go quick. Line two, hello. You can take aspirin. Take aspirin. Yeah, when in doubt, just take a couple aspirin on. I go with Advil. I go with Advil. That helps as well. Line three, you're live on the air. Your advice to Mets pitcher Noah Syndergaard on dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Pokey, pokey, pokey. That's not, that's not going to help. Line four, hello, that's you, line four. Line four is not there. We'll go to line uh, line five. Hello, line five. Are you there, line five? <laughs> <laughs> All right, line five. That's very very funny, line five. Line one, you're on the air. Hello, line one.
3: Yeah, I'm on for instant
1: advice. Okay, good. Call back. Line two, you're on the air. Your advice to Noah Syndergaard on dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yeah, he needs to ask Dr. Jerry Shepardini. All right, 877-99 on Fox is the call-in number. 877-996-6369. The Mets pitcher Noah Syndergaard dealing with hand, foot and mouth disease. We're giving some advice on the radio. Line 3. Hello. Who are the Mets? It's a good good question. They they used to be a Major League Baseball team. Line 4. Hello. Bunky, bunky, bunky. All right, line five, you're on the air. We're giving advice to Noah Syndergaard dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Do not shop at Trader Joe's. Yeah, uh, wow. All right, uh, I've shopped <laughs> at that Trader Joe's. Line five, hello, line five. Oh, that's Dave the Snorer. All right, thank you for that. That's the best advice we've gotten. Line one, you're on the air. Hello, line uh, one. Football <laughs> special. Line two, that's you. We're giving advice to Thor. Noah Sindergaard of the Mets. He's got hand, foot, and mouth disease. Okay. See, now now it's becoming a good thing. Line three. Hello, line three.
2: Rats dressing should be served at communion. Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dump that! Don't don't let that on the air. Line four, hello, you're on. He actually dumped it. Oh my God! What he the dumped the it. <laughs> he, uh, he didn't get the sarcasm. He
3: dumped it. Oh my Roberto. God! It, it, it finally worked, Eddie.
2: Roberto R- fell for R- the man. Roberto Malibus. is being a good soldier. Oh He's just God. following orders. I can't bless it. orders, worked.
1: man. Twenty years in radio, that's never worked. <laughs> finally, it worked. A guy made. A ranch dressing joke that got dumped by Roberto. That is awesome. That is great. Wait, wait till they go back to hear the tape. What got dumped? Oh, it was a ranch dressing joke that got dumped. <laughs> All right. Uh, line five. Hello, line five. You're on the air. <laughs> First time ever.
0: Roberto's number one. Ben's still number two. All oh,
1: right, get out of here, Line One. You're on the air. Hello, Line One. Your advice, please, to Noah Cindergaard on dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Candy, <laughs> kitty, candy, kitty, candy, kitty, kitty, kitty. All right. Yes. Line three. Hello. Where's Where's the Where's my baseball guy? Hello, Line uh, Line Two. Ben Mallard. Yeah, all right, and thank you. Go to sleep, please. Yes, all right, line three, hello.
3: Per Ben Maller, eat ranch, it kills anything.
1: That's a good point. Uh, Hey, where are the white women at? Line four, you're on the air, hello. How about some ranch dressing on it? No, don't put any ranch. You want to kill it, you put ranch dressing on it, okay? Uh, Line five, I, I hear you moving line five. That's you, line five. Stay away from the stink Pussy Willow. All right. Pussy Willow, he said. That's what he said. Yes. All right. Line one, you're on the air. Hello, line one. <laughs> ben Mauer
3: invented foot and mouth
1: disease. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That's hand, foot, and mouth disease. You got to get it right. Line two, that's you. You're on the air. Line two. Don't
3: toot to your toenails.
1: Yeah, that's probably probably better that way. Line three, hello. <laughs> Let Bella lick them all over. All right. Again with the Bella. Line four. Hello, line four. Ranch dressing hall of fame. Yeah, no, it's not. We lost David in Vancouver. Oh no, David Vancouver, the the story guys. Got... <gasps> I will do why don't we do one more, only one more. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Koopa Loop here. Koopa Loop. Final call on the instant advice line to Noah Syndergaard of the Mets. He's dealing with hand, foot, and mouth disease. Line four. Line four, the final call for Thor of the Mets. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Loop. Line number four. Hello. Never heard of them, Ben. There it is! Never heard of them. You could have gone with line two. What would line two have been? Hello, line two. Keep
3: your fingers and toes out of places they don't belong.
1: There, that's solid advice, too. All right, there it is. The instant advice line. Thanks to all who eavesdropped in that monitored that snooped on us and overheard that 20 years in radio first time ever a producer has fallen for the old sarcastic dump that and it worked i would congratulate him. that's a great job by roberto by the book roberto <laughs> right, Yet again, showing that he had, he's a Bennett man. This is what I love about Roberto. Whatever I tell this guy to do, he, that's the kind of relationship I've been looking for. Right? And there's no pushback. He's like, Mathers said to dump it. I'm going to dump it. Who cares if it was just a joke about ranch dressing? I'm going to dump it. Now, the thing I'm most upset about is we lost that guy, Dave, in Vancouver. That was grade A material. We will not be able to go back to the snoring line. It was great. We love Dave in Vancouver. Uh, Call of the night. I would say right now he is one of the favorites for caller of the year on the show.
3: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor.